0: Hey, it's Danielle. Would you like a $50 Amazon gift card? Here is how you enter a chance to win. Right now, Failing Motherhood is turning four years old and it's almost Mother's Day. So we're doing an annual drive for ratings and reviews, which are huge for search rankings, for potential listeners to find us and for them to size up the quality of the podcast. So if you have been enjoying Failing Motherhood, whether this is your first few times listening or you've been here the whole time, I'm offering extra incentive to put in a quick two to three sentence review inside Apple. When you leave yours, screenshot it and then send it to me over Instagram DM or email. And I am going to give one listener that leaves a review a $50 Amazon gift card on Mother's Day. We have some really exciting failing fatherhood episodes coming up. So please follow the podcast if you haven't yet and leave that rating or review so that more moms and more parents know they are not alone if they feel like they're failing their child on a daily basis. We need each other and I'm so grateful you are here. And so once I kind of started accepting
1: and and realizing that and kind of embracing my identity that my career is a really big part of who I am, then that just kind of let go of some of that mom guilt and the mental energy that I was wasting, constantly questioning what I was doing.
0: Ever feel like you suck at this job? Motherhood, I mean You belong here, friend. We're so glad you're here. Hey, it's Danielle. I wanted to start the show off with another review. Bree says, I absolutely love this podcast and all the topics discussed. Motherhood can feel so isolating, and it can be easy to forget that so many moms are going through the same things as us. Danielle does an amazing job reminding us that it's normal to have struggles And no mom is perfect, but that's okay. Thanks, Bree. If you haven't left a review yet, search Failing Motherhood in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, click over to read reviews, and it'll show you where to leave one yourself. Now, as a reminder, I have compiled my best perspectives and step-by-step strategies of what to do in the middle of a meltdown or tantrum and created a free PDF guide ready for you to download. It's called Calm Big Emotions. I don't know about you, but we've had heightened big emotions from my kids and me. This pandemic has been really hard on our kids, and I know that you want to do everything you can to be there for them. So to get yours, go to parentingwholeheartedly.com slash emotions. And did you know I offer virtual parent coaching? If you feel like you've tried every parenting strategy under the sun and none of them are working, if you and your partner are not on the same page, And if you can't seem to get it together and stay calm like you want to, you are not alone. Who knew parenting was going to be this hard? As your parenting coach, I help you figure out what's really going on, problem-solve new strategies, and help you feel like you know what you're doing. Honestly, I can pinpoint the disconnects and gaps from my point of view much faster than it's going to take you to keep Googling and throwing spaghetti at a wall while you struggle and your kids are miserable too. Find more information at my website, parentingwholeheartedly.com. And as a new client and podcast listener, enter the promo code PODCAST for $25 off your package. I can't wait to work with you. Let's start the show. Welcome to Failing Motherhood. My name is Danielle Bettman, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Jenny Elliott. Jenny is a career mom. She's a mom to a -a two-and-a-half-year-old son, married to her husband for seven years, and has had a career in corporate America at a Fortune 100 company for over a decade. After Jenny had her son, she was so unprepared for the identity crisis she experienced when she returned to work. It was that experience that led her to her podcast, Career Mom, where she helps have the conversation about how hard it is to be a working mom. Being a mom is hard. Having a career is hard. Doing both is really hard. Welcome, Jenny. Jenny. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I can't wait to hear your story. Have you ever felt like you were failing motherhood? Uh, yes, most definitely.
1: Um, <laughs> Sometimes it feels like more days than others, uh, especially coming out of... Um, we just sent my son back to daycare after 11 weeks of mm-hmm. having him home uh, working during quarantine. So there were... A lot of failing feelings and (laughs) moments in that time. Not just motherhood, every every Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I can't really say there was much that I felt like I was succeeding at in the past twelve weeks, but we made it through and here we are and You're not alone. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, this has just been crazy. And then it's so weird to send them back and be like, We just did that for twelve weeks. Right. Like, time just as kind of morphine. And I it's it's bizarre. But um <laughs> so, yes, to answer your question,
0: I have felt like I have failed at motherhood. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> I want to hear all the things. So take us back to before you were ever a mom. Who who were you? What was life? So that's a really interesting question because
1: i think a lot of what we're going to talk about is caused because i didn't really think a lot about who i was before i had a son or mm. a baby or a child or anything but like you said in my intro i was i had a career i did a summer internship with my company In between my junior and senior year and met my husband that summer and then started working and I've been with the same organization for 12 years now. So my career is, is a very big part of who I am. And I've come to realize that after going through everything that I did when I transitioned back to work. But if you would have asked me before I had my son, I would have said like, oh, I like to travel, which is true. I like to exercise and run and read, Um, but really like I enjoy working and now as a way to kind of fill a creative outlet, I enjoy this podcast, which is another crazy thing because I wouldn't have thought that I would like doing any aspect of this podcasting before I had my son, but before... I had my son. My husband and I really liked to travel and just be surrounded by friends and family. Um, We would be, you know, spending weekends. I'm originally from Minneapolis, so either there or his family was in Chicago. And we live in Iowa, so it felt like we were just bouncing around, living up. The aspect that we had freedom to go. Um, The good old days. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So travel is is a really big part of, of who
0: I am and the relationship that I have with my husband as well. Okay. So when did you start to begin to think about motherhood, parenting, all that good stuff? I kind of always knew that I wanted
1: to have a family. So it's been in the back of my mind. And then I... Very much was one of the people that once I started working and after uh, we got married was not really in a rush to like start our family. We got married when we were 26 and I remember telling my mom, you can't ask me about grandchildren until I'm 30. Like then you can start pressuring me. And that kind of naturally just, it was probably in the back of our mind, but that was about the timing of when I had my son. So I was, I was 31 and really like once I turned 30, it was kind of like the, I'm blanking Let's on switch. the word. Yeah. Like I just had never really thought about a baby or being pregnant. And then I just wanted that so badly at that time. And so I think I just was ready mm-hmm. um, a little bit later in life compared to some people, but yeah. Um, I, I haven't always been a person that, like, has always wanted to be a mom. I I want to have a family, and I, I really want, like, adult children. So <laughs> realizing that <laughs> you have to up. go through the baby <laughs> and all the hard stuff before um, has really been a challenge because I, I haven't been, like, a big baby person yeah. all of my life or anything.
0: Yeah, they're kind so, of So yeah, that. it's just
1: a little <laughs> bit of a different perspective maybe than than some people, but really right around that 30 mark is when I really wanted to become a mom and then I just dove head first, like I was mm-hmm. so ready mm-hmm. um that then I just the second I was pregnant, I was researching everything about being pregnant, everything about birth and all of the options and yeah breastfeeding and and that's part of my personality as well that I just really like
0: to know all of my options and research things. So did you have a lot of expectations for what motherhood was going to look like? That's an
1: interesting question. I um, <laughs> No. I mean, I think I did because people tell you, you know, you're not going to sleep. And I had a lot of friends that were very vocal about how challenging breastfeeding is. Mm -hmm. Um, But outside of of that newborn stage and that kind of survival mode that everybody prepares you for, I had no clue what was going to happen. And especially with that transition back to work, I basically thought, That like I would return to work and it would be like I just pick up where I left off before maternity leave, which obviously for all of us (laughs) that have gone through that, that is not the case. You come back (laughs) and you're like crying because you just left your son at daycare with a stranger and you're pumping two to three times a day and you can't remember anything. Um, Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, that probably is why I really struggled, because I didn't have any type of expectation. I just thought I could take everything that I did before in my pre-baby life and just now I have a baby and I still do those things. Mm -hmm. So the the entire first year of motherhood was really, really hard for me. What was the first few months like? (sighs) Survival. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the first three months are just a blur, I'm sure, you know, and just being so exhausted and terrified, but yet like full of so much love and, and all of the emotions. But then really, once I went back to work, that kind of three month to nine month mark was just so hard. I felt lost like I didn't know who I was because I was just running around like a chicken with its head cut off like feeling like I wasn't doing anything right so definitely Mm -hmm. had a lot of failing motherhood moments and I would go to work and I would be like distracted and not at all the having the level of productivity that I had before I left and then I would come home And I would be so just exhausted and all over the place that I felt like I wasn't really present with my son either. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was just really, really hard. And I think a lot of what people prepare you and tell you about is that first three months. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then having another six to nine months after that that was still really
0: hard, I was completely unprepared for did you have a lot of resources or friends to talk to during that time to kind of, like, relate back and forth?
1: Yeah, I had one friend that had a son three weeks after I did. And Mm -hmm. she – so we were kind of on the same time frame as everything, and she was also a working mom. But outside of that, I was really the first in my friend group. Um, I had really good coworkers and peers, um, but none of them – they either had – you know, elementary, high school age kids or no kids. So Mm -hmm. I felt like I was going through this alone. Um, And while I was on maternity leave and even for pregnancy, I turned to podcasts a lot to get resources and kind of some some of that validation. And when I went back to work, I felt like there was – there's plenty of working mom podcasts, but most of them were geared towards – bloggers that started a podcast and we're doing the naptime hustle or mm-hmm. we're working on weekends and nothing that I related to especially when I'm in a large organization and kind of like you know answering to the man and <laughs> having a little bit of politics that you're also juggling and worrying about if you know somebody's counting how many hours you're at your desk because you have to leave early. And so that whole dynamic, um, I felt really, really isolated, which is also um, that we'll talk about later, but how I got into starting my
0: podcast as well to kind of fill that void. Yeah. Your specific employer, what is that culture like? Are they pretty receptive to family life or is it pretty... Like, you need to prove yourself.
1: (laughs) It really depends on the position, I would say. And I've had – which then I think because it it, um, depends on the position, it really just depends on your manager. Mm -hmm. I have – I am so thankful for the position I'm in right now because my manager is a woman with three young kids. So, like, Mm. she understands what's going on with COVID. I have a lot of friends that – you know, report to men and and there's not that level of flexibility. Overall, the culture of the organization is good and it's family oriented. And I haven't experienced anything, um, you know, around like leaving early and getting reprimanded or anything like that. But it's also just not really talked about. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, I felt like I was going back to work and being like, oh, well, someone's going to notice and, Oh well, I have to do what I did before, or someone's going to notice. And it took mm-hmm. me several months to realize that like no one's no one's watching you, no one's keeping tabs on you, and I was putting all this pressure on myself to be the type of employee I was before I had my son, and no one no one else had those expectations of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, who knows why, but I thought it was a good idea to um, take a new. Pre- position after only being back for three months. So when my son was six months, I had, you know, still new motherhood, and then a job transition. And that was, I wouldn't really recommend that timing to (laughs) to anyone. um, Because that just added a whole nother layer of stress. But one of the things that really I ha that happened for me during that position, and that really changed my whole perspective was um, I had been in this new role for maybe two months, and I really felt like I was underwater and doing a terrible job, and then I would come home, and I was like so distracted that I wasn't being a good mom, and one of the managers in the group was riding in the elevator with me, and he was like, you know, now that I'm – you know, it's just us – we're really glad that we hired you. And like, we're so impressed with how quickly you're like getting up to speed and just had really great things to say about how I was managing the transition. And he got off the elevator and I'm like, what? Like he can't be talking about me. And then when I looked back at everything, I'm like, nobody's told me that I'm dropping the ball nobody so it it was really a moment for me to realize that i was putting all this internal pressure on myself and all of these unrealistic expectations that nobody else was putting on me and so then i really started thinking about like okay what are my boundaries and what is this going to look like moving forward because mm-hmm. I'm the one that's, that's putting a lot of this, it's almost like employee guilt, you know, how we have all of our mom guilt and, and nobody really had any actual issue with how I was managing my workload and and my family and my work-life balance. Um, so that really helped me kind of think more intentionally about what, what that balance between work and life was going to be like.
0: Yeah. And what conclusions did you come to? Um,
1: I don't necessarily like the work-life balance kind of motto because I don't Mm -hmm. really think it truly ever is in balance. And there are times where, especially for me, I'm in the um, accounting and finance function. So there's one week out of every month that, you know, we have to close the books and that sometimes requires a late night here or there or... In COVID times, you know, logging on at a weird hour, and I can't not do that. Part of that, that is part of my job. So those weeks, I give more to work than I do to my family. Mm-hmm. But then the the other weeks of the month, you know, if I'm leaving the office or logging off a, an hour early here or there, it all kind of balances in the long run, But it's never going to be 50-50. And Mm -hmm. I think coming to that realization really helped me not feel guilty when, one, I was doing one area really well. And then that week, you know, the other area was, was suffering a little bit and just acknowledging that that's okay. And part of what I also realized is that motherhood is a time... Of conflicting emotions, mm. and so you know, when you come home from the hospital and you're terrified, but you're like so full of love, that's happening at the exact same moment, and that just continues throughout mm-hmm. all of motherhood. I've realized I'm only two and a half years in, but I'm pretty sure that just <laughs> always happens, yeah, um, so a lot of the time I was sitting there, and I'm like, oh man, like I'm doing so good at work this week, I feel really fulfilled here." but I feel like a really crappy mom this mm-hmm. week. And and you can feel both of those things at the same time. And it took me a, a really long time to just be okay with that, like to just kind of sit in the uncomfortable feeling of not being in balance and realize that, you know, if I have a a bad day or a bad week at work, that doesn't mean I need to quit my job. Like that doesn't mean that I have to become a stay at home mom. And that doesn't mean that I'm a bad mom because I'm feeling this way. And that was a really big thing for me to realize too, because I was so used to when it was just me and my problems, like I'm feeling one way, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix this. What do I need to do? I'm going to work on this. And for some of these things, And a lot of the positions that we're in as working moms, and especially those of us that have long-term career goals, you can't fix it. It's just part of the nature of being a career mom. And so once I kind of started accepting and, and realizing that and kind of embracing my identity that my career is a really big part of who I am, then that just kind of let go of some of that mom guilt and the mental mm-hmm. energy that I was wasting constantly questioning what I was doing yeah. because I would sit at my desk and be like, "Well, I know that I shouldn't be a work at, or a stay at home mom. I don't think I would like that, but like maybe because I'm feeling this way at work, I just have to give it a shot, and that's what all the good moms do mm. and so the the ideal that I was holding myself to was not me and what I wanted. And so once I, I really just realized that I still want to have a career and my career is a really big part of who I was. Like I said earlier, I was working for 10 years before I had my son. Like that's a really long time. So, Mm -hmm. and I worked a full eight hour day before I went into labor. So up until (laughs) the very day that I had my son, I was a career woman, like first yeah. and foremost, so it's okay to continue that after you become a mom. And then once I had that as my standard and me as a career mom and my goals, then it was almost like all of this mental energy just freed up because I wasn't questioning who who I was or what I was doing because I, I knew why.
0: Hey friends, just checking in, how are you holding up? I mean, there's only a global pandemic, worldwide health crisis, and the most insane school year with no winning solutions on our shoulders. Are you paying close attention to your mental health? Your mental health has a direct effect on your child's mental health. You can't give them what you don't have. Asking for help is a sign of courage Humility, resourcefulness, self-awareness, and honesty. All things we want to be teaching our kids, right? We have to lead by example. If you're not about to find a local therapist, have you heard of BetterHelp? They are a sponsor of this podcast, and they're here to help. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. Their counselors are legit licensed, trained, experienced, accredited, psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, or licensed professional counselors. BetterHelp is committed to helping you find a good match, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions accessible for clients worldwide and financial aid is available as a special offer for failing motherhood listeners you get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash wholeheartedly visit betterhelphelpcom slash wholeheartedly to get the help you need today your kids need you whole okay back to the show Yeah. Which is powerful. You basically solidified your why and then the rest of life kind of fills in the cracks in right. the gaps yeah. of, of your priorities. So how do you combat the mom guilt at home then feeling like you're showing up enough or you're present enough? I don't know if you were traveling before or what other you know added challenges you had with daycare and all of that stuff. How did you manage that side?
1: Yeah. So fortunately, my role did not involve a lot of travel, which was good. I can't that's a whole nother layer that I can't wrap my mind around (laughs) how um, women manage that. But um, for me, it was just getting really focused on when I'm at work, I'm at work. And when I first went back to work, and you're kind of in that mode where you're, missing your baby all the time you're not really sure you know I'd pull up my phone all the time and I'd like watch videos and whatever and then by the time you know you do that and you have your pump breaks and all of that like you're not productive at all so I figured out ways for me to just get productive a lot of that involved like time blocking my schedule when I'm at work and just focusing on one thing at a time instead of scatter brain like mom brain, um, <laughs> trying to do 15 things at, at one time, I've kind of realized that I'm not a multitasker in the sense that like, I can't be working on a project and answering emails. So I just got yeah. really intentional about figuring out a way that I can be as productive as, as possible in the time that I'm at the office. And then whatever I don't get done that day, just, it it didn't get done. Mm-hmm. I, I was in a mindset before, you know, oh, I could just finish it up and put a pretty bow on it if I Mm -hmm. logged on after I got home for an hour and and that wasn't going to work anymore. So kind of just accepting that there were things that were going to bleed into the next day or maybe into the next week and everything wasn't going to be as perfect as what I was putting out before. So really focusing on work when I was at work and then when I came home. I wasn't looking at my phone. I wasn't checking emails. I wasn't getting on the computer. So just drawing really clear boundaries. And I had probably about a a 20 to 25 minute commute on the way home. And that was the time that I was reflecting on like, okay, what happened at work? Like what conversations did I have? Like, what do I need to unpack? And I would kind of process my day in my drive home. And then once I got home, it was like, okay, we're done done thinking Mm -hmm. about work so that was working really well and then covid happened (laughs) and there was no sense of boundaries and separation and i kind of almost feel like i went through this like working identity crisis again because i had just gotten so good at figuring out how it all works yeah so um, oh, it
0: all blows up in your face. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it really did. But it it comes back to what worked for me during quarantine and having my son home, again, was just like those really clear boundaries. So I had set hours that I was online that my team knew that they could get a hold of me. And outside of that, I I wasn't promising anything else. Mm. Um, so I think just really figuring out what works for you, what schedule, what timing And sticking to it and making sure that there's kind of a clear end point of work and start point of family and not trying as hard as you can to not
0: overlap them. Yeah. We're both your husband and you working from home during Mm -hmm. quarantine. Yeah. And and I'm a little afraid we're going to have to have like a round two at some point in the fall (laughs) or winter. (laughs) I know. So any other advice for working from home? moms (laughs) Moms <laughs> that there's terrible yeah. blessing right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it it really just comes back to clearly communicating between both your spouse and your your team, your management, your company. The first week when we were home and and had my son home with us, I was trying to get on at like four thirty in the morning and work until he got up, and then I was with him all day and. My husband was working like his normal hours. And it wasn't until I told him what I need like, I can't work like that. I need to figure out a schedule. We're going to split the shifts like 50 50 during the day. And he's like, okay. And so that whole first week, I was like getting resentful because I was getting up early and I wasn't getting anything done during the day and I was missing meetings. But I had never even asked him to like, Change his work hours, so he was just thinking like, "Oh, cool." And the same went for then. Once we had that schedule, I just clearly communicated with my boss like, "This is what I can give you right now," and outside of that, I just can't promise much. Mm-hmm. And you know, fortunately, like I said earlier, I have a very understanding manager and company, and and have felt very supported in having to be flexible during this time. But I think a lot of it just comes down to if we're not setting our boundaries and communicating what those are, then, yeah, people are going to expect you to work more than you want or mm-hmm. in, you know, in quarantine times to keep up the level of productivity that you were before unless unless we can kind of advocate for ourselves.
0: Yeah. and In order to communicate that well, you probably have to accept it. First, mm-hmm. yep, <laughs> which is probably the harder of the two. Yeah, just for sure, coming to terms with the fact that this is all I can really commit to right now. Because if you are so, you know, accomplished or persistent or and an a hard worker, you want to be able to give more and you want to be able to keep up with everything, and you don't want to be the one that people are waiting for to get back to things or move on, and that so it builds that all like guilt and resentment in ourselves, but. If we make peace with that and accept it and then communicate it, then we're not actually causing any more problems because everyone knows what we're doing and why we're doing it and how to, you know, work together.
1: Totally agree. Yeah, it really all just comes back to, like, expectations. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you going to expect of yourself? Is that realistic? Mm -hmm. And then just making sure that everybody
0: knows what they can expect from you. Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you say you are now after this identity crisis?
1: Yeah, um, I say that I'm a career mom, um, uh-huh. so I have fully embraced that I really, really enjoy working outside of the home for a large corporation full time, and I with that then has come accepting that you know my son's in daycare and we outsource a lot of our other home things. and mm-hmm. um. But I would say that I am now just a much more confident mother and person. And then once I – it was kind of like I had this domino effect that once I really embraced the career side and and that I am a working mom, I mentioned that I had all of this kind of like mental energy – free up and and with that then i've been able to focus on other areas of my life that i've Mm -hmm. wanted to improve so around like the the year mark once this all kind of was figured out for me mentally then that was when i had the space and the capacity to like start working out again and then once i kind of figured out how that fits in then That was around the time that this idea for the podcast came. So then I had little I had enough to give to these other areas that then were also even more fulfilling and making Mm -hmm. me feel more like my old self because I was I was doing things for me um, and not just not just my son and from the mom front.
0: Yeah, which does in turn make you a better mom. Yes. when you feel more fulfilled and more like yourself, then it does translate to our kids For sure, For sure. I love that. Well, tell us more about your podcast and kind of where it came from and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So once I kind of realized that I was having an identity crisis, I, I had heard that term on another podcast. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm experiencing. And then that allowed me to kind of start reflecting on, you know, what is my identity? Mm-hmm. And then I also had a term and a word to start having conversations with other working moms, with my own mom, who she worked part-time the whole time that we were growing up. And just with with my friends and come to find out, Almost everybody experiences this and has a really hard transition back to work and just even into motherhood in general, even if you're not working. And so then those conversations led to so much validation um, yeah. because I was, you know, sitting at my desk questioning my entire existence in the working world. And everybody was feeling that. But what you see, if people aren't talking about it, is all these other women. Before and after you coming back from leave and seeming like they have it all together, and no one's addressing like the the crisis that we're all having at our desks. So once I started having those conversations and realizing that we're all kind of going through this, it kind of started as a joke where my friends would be like, "Well, how come there isn't a podcast about this?" Or like, "Oh, that would be such a good podcast episode." And it just kept coming up for. A couple of months just, oh, why isn't there a podcast or have you found a working mom podcast? And one day I was thinking um that I I wanted to start getting into something creative and I didn't know what that was. And then I was like, well, I guess like learning and starting a podcast is kind of creative. And so one day I was like, I'm gonna start this podcast for working moms that have a career, and I'm gonna just See where this takes me, and Love so it. yeah, For I you. bought like a fifteen dollar mic on Amazon and <laughs> went from there. Um, nice. So yeah, and it's been it's been so fun um, because it is it's another thing that I had no clue that I would like it, and I feel like I'm pretty good at putting it together and interviewing people. And it's so fascinating for me just to hear all of these people that I'm interviewing and the different perspectives and experiences. So it's kind of helping me become a better mom. And then I just get to publish it out to the world for everybody else to hear, too. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's been it's been really fun. And. Um, I have 18 episodes out right now. I had to take a break during COVID. It was just like too much to commit to and yeah, roll back those you. expectations. Um, So that unfortunately was the first thing to go. But I've just started recording again. And I'm going to hopefully have a second season out in a couple of months. Nice.
0: Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Well, good for you for it rolling back the expectations and putting it on hold because you have to be doing what's best for your sanity and what your family needs right now. But yeah, I'm loving podcasting. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun, but I definitely underestimated
1: the amount of time <laughs> that it
0: takes. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I dive into things very headfirst and naively, and I'm just like, well, everything's figure outable. And then – yeah, I realized later it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I feel okay. you there. <laughs> uh, I I remember my first day back to work with my my first, like it was yesterday. Like it's just so vivid in my head, drop, the drop off, the drive to work, the arriving at like this training day with my eyes all like balled out and, you know, exasperated telling somebody like, I'm never going to be able to blow dry my hair again. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever will. Like, I'm never going to be able to shower in the morning. And to be honest, I still don't shower in the mornings because that was just the first thing that I let go of. <laughs> I do it <laughs> at night now. Um, but it is so hard and it's so underestimated, like you said, that hard transition back to work, especially depending on your employer and your manager and the expectations that you feel like they have of you and then that you ha- have of yourself and without having the validation of knowing you're not alone in that and knowing that you're not the only one feeling like you're failing you're so alone so lonely um yeah. so I'm so glad that you've put out um such a resource from your heart and your own experience to come around side more moms like that and say yeah it's okay me too yeah. let's talk about it <laughs> yeah
1: and i've also had a couple of of people that are like well like so do you tell people that you see at work that are pregnant about this identity thing and I'm like well kind of like if somebody if I know someone well enough that they're like asking me like what was it like to come back to work or whatever I I don't go into much detail about it because you also don't want to you know oh yeah you're gonna have this whole identity crisis (laughs) on top of everything else it's so awful (laughs) (laughs) but I just honestly tell them like I really struggled coming back. And I think just even starting with that statement so that, you know, if they do come back and they are struggling, they remember that somebody else had at least admitted that it was hard. Yeah. Because otherwise it's like, oh, yeah, put coconut oil on your nipples while you're pumping. And it's like, okay, well, that's good to know, but that's not going <laughs> to really help. Um from, like, kind of the fundamental, like, what we should be preparing
0: and helping other women yes. manage. So, yeah. I mean, the, I've heard different camps of, you know, the how much can you really understand if you're told it before you become a mom because so much of it is just, like, that immersion and yep. the self-discovery and, like, everyone's own personal journey of figuring it out. We don't want to rob them of in some ways, but then at the same time, there's so much of that, I don't know, like, it's not like a betrayal, but it's like, why didn't people talk to me about this before? Yes. You know, you just feel like, what? Why I am know. I in the dark? I know. <laughs> so I I think if they're searching out the resources now, they are here. We do have, you know, lots of things on the internet that we can connect on, at least if we don't have it in person. Not everybody has. A tribe of, you know, people becoming moms at the same time as them. But for sure.
1: Well, and now it's really great because I'm like, yeah, I really struggled. And I have an entire podcast on it if you want to check it out. <laughs> you and we don't have to tell them, you know, in the elevator about all of the things. Um, yes. So yeah, that's when that's been kind of funny.
0: I will send you a link and hook you. Yes. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so what advice uh do you have? Like, big picture, t- the the takeaway of the day, Um, what do you feel like moms need to know? I think you just need to
1: embrace, whether that's your identity or whatever works for your family. And I think comparison is, my favorite quote is, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that that is so true when we enter motherhood and as we go through all the different stages, you need to figure out what kind of mother you are, what type of woman you are after you've had your your son and what your priorities are, because that's going to look different for everyone. And I can't tell you that, you know, my identity of being a career woman is the way to go. And once you accept that, that you'll feel great because maybe that's not really how you feel. And so Mm -hmm. I think we just need to take the time to really be intentional after we have children about what pieces of our life or our identity that are still important to us that we want to make a priority and then figure out ways to do that. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of that starts with just communicating that to our partners and that, you know, I need an hour to work out or to podcast or to read or to go out with friends. Um, I think we just get in this mindset of like, we need to give 120% to everybody else besides
0: ourselves. And I think that really gets us into trouble. Mm Mm-hmm and you and you can believe that you're still a good mom or maybe even an even better mom when you do make those things a priority for sure
1: yeah the whatever that analogy is about like pouring from an empty cup like mm-hmm. i i definitely think about that that if i'm giving everything to my husband and my son and i don't have any time To do things that make me happy, then that starts to slowly turn into resentment because you're not doing things for yourself and nobody wants to end up there.
0: Right. No, because that's not a good place to parent from. Right. The last question that I'd love to ask every guest when they come on is, how are you the mom that your son needs? I am the mom that my son
1: needs because... I take time to do the things that make me happy and then that gives me enough energy or mental capacity to then show up for him with 100% of my attention and my patience and my negotiating skills now that we're (laughs) in toddlerhood. So I just, I feel like I'm giving him all of me because I've figured out who I am to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um and it it just really helps me be present and really appreciate what an amazing child he is and and how fun some of these even challenging moments really are. Um mm-hmm. And coming out of quarantine, that was that was something I was really trying to just be present and intentional. And I, I was able to do that. And I think, you know, at the beginning, when you're approaching crying babies all the time and and you don't have that perspective and you're so unsure of yourself, it makes it really hard to find the joy in all of those challenging moments. Yeah.
0: And that's OK. Sometimes you just have to muddle through and survive.
1: Right. And it's not, I'm definitely not trying to say like, oh, find the good in everything. (laughs) Like sometimes it just sucks. Like, yeah. (laughs) And you need to also learn how to sit in that. But um, I think I've been able to, to really get my perspective in, in knowing when you're in a really hard moment and it's just going to be hard, but then also trying to just really appreciate the day to day small things
0: too. Even if he does something for the first time and it's at daycare and not with you. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think my daycare, uh my daycare is pretty good about like not really sharing all of the stuff that happens. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still naively thinking that everything's happening at home for the first time. That's for the best. <laughs> yes. Yeah. God bless our our daycare teachers.
0: <laughs> yes. They are they're doing God's work for sure. <laughs> well thank you so much for your time today and for coming on and for sharing your story we definitely need more moms speaking from a vulnerable place so that they can share their experience and make sure that other moms don't feel so alone
1: yeah well thank you so much for having me and i love what you're doing with your podcast too and carrying on this conversation and it's okay if we fail at motherhood because it's gonna happen so yes the sooner we embrace it and Try again the next day.
0: Exactly. Yes. Just wake up and try again the next day is the sign of a good mom. (laughs) All right. We'll we'll talk soon. Well, if you are a career mom, I hope you own that identity. And of course, always remember that you are the mom your kids need. Next episode, you'll get to hear from Tessa Stuckey, a therapist and author who recently wrote a parenting book, and had four boys under four. Don't forget to grab your gift from me. Go to parentingwholeheartedly.com slash emotions to download your PDF guide teaching you how to walk your kids back to calm. Have you left Failing Motherhood a five-star review yet? It helps other moms find this show. I might feature you next episode. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. I believe in you. And I'm cheering you on.